Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Faith Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by the king of frontside 180 kickflips, Mr. Wex Breaking Lawson. Wex, how are we doing on this Christmas Eve? Pretty tired. It's early in the morning, stayed up late, watching the Titans get that victory over San Francisco. and then, They did indeed. Uh, then I woke up early to watch some more wrestling to get ready for this. Yes, big big shout out to Jimmy G, the MVP of the Titans yesterday. Uh, yes. Absolutely loved that. Throwing just dots to the defense. Well done, buddy. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's Christmas season. My kids are running around downstairs. Um, I'm excited. I got a lot of cool stuff going on this weekend for Christmas. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think I ever truly grew up. So Christmas is still kind of like my favorite holiday. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, did you get any feedback on last week's episode? Last week's episode, I got a little bit of feedback in that same coworker who's been listening to it, you know. Nice. They, they enjoy where it's going, and I let them know that it will keep getting better as we it keep will. getting into the new year. Yeah, it most certainly will. I uh, I didn't actually get any feedback, but I saw that we got a massive spike in downloads. So uh, we got to keep up with that social media. Welcome to the new listeners. We greatly appreciate that. We're having a great time here. Um, today... We are doing a double nostalgia episode. It's a double 1996 episode. It's WWF's In Your House. It's Time 1996 versus WCW Starcade 1996. But first, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, what's the news, man? What's the house? What's going on in the scene? Wex. Got a lot of stuff going on wrestling today. We got a big AEW Rampage show happening on TV as Friday as we speak. But, you know. Might have been spoiled online, but I'm not going to spoil it for you if you're listening to this. But we did get a big, 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 big debut this week on Dynamite. The debut of Kyle O'Reilly. Yes, we did. Basically reforming the Undisputed Era in AEW. What are they going to call that, by the way? The Undisputed Elite? Ooh, yeah. I like that. I like that. I'm pretty sure Undisputed is something you probably can't use. Um, Otherwise, they would just be The Undisputed. Like, I feel like that would be a great way to just be the undisputed. But um, if they can, then they most certainly should. Um, yeah, man. Crazy. It's crazy to see Kyle O'Reilly just kind of walk into AEW. NXT really didn't do much to try to keep him. And, you know, like, I, I know on the show I've said a couple times, like, I feel like Vince just doesn't think that they're a threat. But I'm I'm kind of backpedaling on that. Now that I'm seeing this happen, I think that he's very much like, if you, I mean, if you ask like a regular person on the street, like, do you know what wrestling is? 90% of them are going to say WWE, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, they don't know anything else. So if you make the brand more, um, diverse and you make pro wrestling more diverse and you get AEW there, it's still going to be a long, 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 long time. If ever, if they're ever number one, to be honest with you, more of like the diehard marks will love it, but I don't really think they're ever going to surpass WWE. So, you're, you already had a topped-out roster in WWE. I mean, you had guys... I mean, you still have guys on the roster that are fantastic that you literally don't have the TV time for. So, to me, it's almost like, you know what? Yeah, go. Go over there. Stay over. Get more over. And then we'll offer you more money and you come back. I mean, I think that that's... I, maybe it's a great plan. You know, who knows? Maybe I'm crazy, but I think that's what Vince is doing. I mean, one thing to notice that this week's episode got over a million viewers... On uh, AEW? First, yeah, and AEW for the first time, you know, in That's a great. little bit, probably about a month, which, yeah. nice. I mean, when you see Kyle O'Reilly pop off, it's going to be nice. And then also saw that they're going to be teaming up next week, officially, in a match on Dynamite next week. All three of them? All three of them. Going against Jurassic Express, I think, maybe? Six, man. I can't remember. Maybe it is a Jurassic Express. Or no, the best friends, maybe. Oh, the best friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah and speaking, yeah, speaking of the best friends, Trent officially got Beretta back again. He's officially Trent Beretta. Nice. Good for him, man. He got Good his last him. name back. You know, in the world of pro wrestling, people lose last names a lot, yeah. especially in WWE. But to gain your last name back again, that's pretty cool. I, like I agree. That. Also, uh, huge props to him that he just went by just the first name for like years and made it work. Like, well done. Like, that's hard to do. So good for you. Yeah. And uh, the, the other big thing there, the, the big controversy here in AEW, the, a fan was ejected for holding up a sign referencing some not so nice things about Nyla Rose and uh Daniel has some uh why why are they opinions not nice on things? that why are they not nice things because I, I the way when I when it comes to making fun of stuff like that in wrestling I think that there's like a small category of stuff that just should never be touched 
things that could be used when I say hate crime related. So like, don't use race, religion, gender, sexuality, all that bullshit. Leave that off. You don't really need to. That's unnecessary. I would I, I would say that 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 sign didn't fit any of that criteria. The, the sign actually said the sign actually said with an arrow. It said that guy, which is the guy standing next to him. That guy, uh, or Nyla Rose is that guy's dad. That's what it said. Yes, I understand, but it's obvious I, I don't, that. So okay, listen. Is it a is it poor taste? Sure. Should he have said it? Sure. Should he be ejected for that though? Absolutely not. That's and it's asinine that people online are like, "Oh, that guy deserves a an ass whooping." Or it's like, "What are you talking about?" Like maybe it's a cheesy bad joke, but the idea that this is like hate crime or like transphobic or it's just a joke, guys. Jesus, calm down. Like, how would any of you survived in 1998? It's insane. And I understand yeah, the world is different. Yeah, but that shit in 1998 is when you look back on it, not so. Good I agree. Because, I agree. So. I agree fully. I'm not saying all, but like, I, listen. I'm saying it's an overreaction. I'm not. I'm not on the guy's side per se. I'm just saying that like everyone, like to me, it's like there's no, um, there's no room for anyone to make any errors at all ever. And if you do, you're immediately just blacklisted or a piece of shit or whatever. Like it's just a bad joke, guys. Like it's just a cheesy joke. Like it's not well, even. I, I think they should have taken a sign. And well, the thing is, before sign. the show, they like make if you have signs like that and you do, you know. They make a point to tell you not to do that shit. And the reason that they even got away with it, it was a whiteboard that he just made on the fly. So I still don't feel like it was that bad. I mean, even Nyla Rose came out and said, like, it was just a bad joke. Like she did. She has she has not been demonizing this guy at all. No, and I, I mean, feel like it's like to me, too. It's like, dude, like, listen, that's part of her story. Right. Is that she was a man like she's open about that. It's not like there's no like to me to make a joke about that isn't really necessarily transphobic, especially when it's been talked about all the time. Well, the thing you know is, it's not his joke, like, wasn't even that fun. Like, if you're going to do that, make it like do actually do a joke like. You have a wiener. That's that's just not I mean, that's just not that funny. It's just like it's it's low. I feel it's like just, that's worse. I feel like that's way worse. I feel like that's way worse, honestly. That's what I'm saying. I, like, I, I feel like the, the joke itself was just a cheesy, poor taste joke, but it wasn't really derogatory or even like, I don't even really feel like it was that offensive. I feel like people just find reasons to be offended, especially when the person the joke was about was not offended. Like she's talking more about the jokes about her jacket and her taking like 10 years to get the damn ring jacket off, which was, it was really funny, but like. I don't know, man. I feel like people are just I, IWC too. It's like you can't be both ways. You can't you can't decide that you want to bully like Cody Rhodes and Ty Conti off of Twitter because of the negative toxic shit that you put out there, and then demonize this one guy for one bad joke. That you can't have it both ways, guys. You can't have it both ways. There's these like I feel like most IWC Twitter wrestling fans have this like god complex where it's like they say what's good, and if it's not good, you're wrong. Oh, yeah, like, I've definitely had a few people on there I've disagreed with, not even when it comes to that, just, like, a wrestler that I like, like, well, I think he's, like, yeah. well, he did this, and I'm like, dude. Oh, wrestlers online, too, are the worst. Wrestlers are the worst, actually. Most of them are like, oh, well, because because I do it, at whatever, at whatever small level, by the way, like, just because you work a couple Fight TV or IWC, whatever it is, pay-per-view well, online, well, that does not make you an actual professional. Listen to me. If you have a job and you are not paying your rent, from professional wrestling, you're not actually a professional wrestler. The word professional means you make a living doing that. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it means. Yeah. And speaking of professionals uh, arguing and being really terrible to each other online, have you seen the feud going on with Anthony Agogo and uh, Jonathan Gresham and Jordan Grace? Ooh, I have not. That is not a work, apparently, and I have they're not. for real just, like, feuding online and Apparently, a go go's getting backstage heat because, like, he's saying a bunch of like, you know, it's like it's not a work. It's that he they're just like literally talking shit to each other online. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because I know that in the real world, Anthony Gogo is like a fighter, right? Yeah, he's a boxer. So he started off just like making like just talking shit about Jonathan Gresham or whatever, and led to this whole big thing. And yeah, people are pissed at him. And speaking of Jonathan Gresham, he's going to be defending his ROH World Championship at Hard to Kill Impact pay per view coming up. Ooh. Love that. We are covering that, actually, on the show. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that because that makes it even more like, dude, ROH World Championship match. And I can't remember who it's going to be against, but he's defending on the show, and it's going to be against an Impact wrestler, I'm guessing. So, yeah, it could no, be I anybody agree. potential. I'd love to see. Mm, I don't think it's Josh Alexander, but damn, that would be a. Ooh, 
That'd be a technical masterpiece right there. Isn't it Chris Bay? Mm, If it was Chris Bay, that'd be a great match. I don't, I don't know who he's defending it against. I can't, can't think of it right now off the top of my head. I just know they said it. Before the end of the show, we'll figure it out. But and the current women's champion of Ring of Honor, Roxy, was actually seen at the WWE Performance Center in a little tryout. Oh, okay. I like that, actually. I mean, I feel like she kind of fits the mold there. Also, what was that other guy that wrestled um, in the Pure Rules match? Josh uh, Woods. Younger guy. Yeah, I feel like he's... He did some AEW dark tapings. WWE. I know, but he's got to be WWE bound, man. He just he looks like the kind of guy that would wrestle on 2.0, you know. Speaking of 2.0, um, AJ Styles has made his debut in NXT. I'm really hyped to see that. You know, like... I always want to give, you know, we we gave a, we gave the RIP to NXT for the black and gold. Yeah. And I still, I still believe that that's the case. So I'm just going to call this show 2.0. And to me, it's a fresh show. Um, it's not NXT at all anymore. Um, it's just 2.0, but that doesn't mean that I have to hate it. Just it's because FCW WWE. with higher production. Sure. And, and you know what? There were some actually pretty decent, um, FCW storylines. Um, but yeah, you know what? I don't want to get too far into that. And that's maybe a whole nother episode, but I would very much like to see, them start to send other guys. If they truly want to treat it as a third brand, send guys like AJ Styles down. Um, send Shinsuke back. I mean, it would be better for him. It helped Balor. Um, yep, definitely did. And I mean, if NXT, it's insane to what it's become today. But as you see the headline that Hit Row when they were in NXT, they generated two million dollars for the company alone by themselves in merch. Yeah, in merch and everything. Yep. Yeah, merch because they sold their song and everything. Like. Yep. Two million dollars, and they go, oh, screw you guys!" Like, it just doesn't make any sense. If you were, no, if they were doing sense. that, like a mat, if they could just capitalize off of that on the main roster, man, they could have boomed out, made a lot of money, had some great matches. But stupid ass Vince, you know, he can't, doesn't get I it. I think it's all know? Nick Khan. I think that anything that's going to be Dick remotely, Khan? yeah, I think it, <clears throat> I think it's going to be anything that's remotely like um, could be controversial or could be considered racist or playing to a stereotype or whatever they're really going to try to avoid at this point uh just because they're like i mean right now like you see what i'm saying like i'm not saying dude trust me wwe has done tons and tons and tons of racist storylines they've done the most racist uh like stereotype like just prejudice gimmicks over the year probably than any other company tna had some pretty rough ones too but uh yeah yeah tna had some rough ones and then probably i'm sure if we go back to the classics of the nwa and crockett promotions we'll probably see a good few of them in there too so there's some there's some rough ones in there for sure i guess that's that's a good positive thing wrestling is progressing and we're trying to do less uh less bullshit like that yeah less bullshit indeed well i mean it kind of it's still pro wrestling but guess what in 1996 they were still doing lots and lots of bullshit so let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show uh we're gonna start off with wwf's in your house 12 it's time um how was vader not on the show and it was called it's time that's what really got me you gotta listen to the pritchard show um but he pretty much explained that sean just didn't like working with vader obviously we have clips of sean and vader not Going Everyone well in the ring. Everyone knows that. It's um, well documented. It's well, well documented indeed. And so, yeah, I think Sean is the main reason. Also, Sean is feigning one of his injuries or playing into one of his injuries or doing whatever it was he was doing at this point. Just maybe just taking too many pills and claiming he was injured. Who knows? But uh, yeah, man, it's a great time. We're like on the edge of the Attitude Era. We're in the dying days of the of the uh, the new, new generation, generation, as I like to call it, not next generation because I'm a Star Trek geek. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, there's nothing says the dying days of the new generation quite like this first match. The opening match is Leaf Cassidy versus Flash Funk. In, in 1996 for a pay-per-view, by the way, uh, before we get to the match, though, we did get like an opening promo package with Brett just whining and I'll never understand how that guy was really a baby face ever. Like, I, I mean, especially in this climate, dude, that dude is a tried and true heel. Like even during his baby face days, like the cockiness in his promos and like, it's kind of crazy how he ever was a baby face, but I digress. Uh, Vince on commentary was great as well too. Again, the, the dying days of the new generation, he's shown no signs of being a heel yet. Um, I thought it was great. I, I really liked these in your house ideas. I thought it was smart. Um, the match itself though, 
I mean, it's really Al Snow versus Too Cold Scorpio. And now that we also know that ECW was essentially being bankrolled by WWF and like was kind of their developmental territory, it's kind of crazy to know now that ECW was really WWF's NXT, um, which is really strange. Um, but yeah, I mean, oddly, the match itself was solid. I mean, both these guys have like just trash gimmicks. Um, but the work rate was damn good. I mean, these guys had wrestled before several times in ECW. Fast-paced match to get the crowd kind of engaged. The baby, the baby face went over, and the crowd was hyped for it. Uh, it served its purpose. It was slightly below average just because the gimmicks were so trash. But the bell-to-bell was pretty good. Um, so I gave it two and a half beers. I was pleasantly surprised by the bell-to-bell work. Wex, what did you think about Leaf Cassidy versus Flash Funk here? I was slightly more generous on this one. I was a half a beer more generous. I went three beers on this match. And like you said, the gimmicks were garbage. Like, it's two cold Scorpios doing the Brodus Clay, the Flash Funk, the literally dancing with the women, like, cheesy. Yeah. But then he's fucking, he's still, he's still ripping it in the ring. And I love Vince on commentary, like, oh, what a maneuver. Oh, what a maneuver. And JR is a heel on commentary here, which is great and i love him oh why are you gonna get mad at good old jr good old jr yeah. <laughs> he said that so many times i like i feel like this is when he was coining that term good old jr yeah but it was it was good shit really good match i enjoyed it and uh, i was just thinking like in kayfabe i wonder if leaf cassidy is related to orange cassidy in kayfabe if, if you could like have like a Kate like a storyline where oh i, I think it's comes definitely in leaf cassidy again and it's his long lost oh. uh <laughs> oh. i want that to happen so bad now it'd be hilarious how snow looks like the friggin' Terminator right now, too, dude. That dude yeah. is so And get Marty jacked. Jannetty in there somehow. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know about that. I'd rather not. Let's leave Marty Jannetty For a one-off. Let's just do Leaf, Cat, Leaf and Orange, the Cassidys versus, like, the Gun Club. I feel like, because that would be good. Al Snow can just work with Billy. They can work their style. They know what they're doing. They've done it several times before. It's a win, guys. Tony Khan. Tony Khan. Let's see it. Let's Listen see it, dude. Let's make it happen. At least just put it on dark. We'll all pop for it on the internet anyway. And let Taz do commentary. And then you'll have like a 1,300 comments about why it sucked and you shouldn't put it on there. But, you know, anyway, let's go on to the next match. Uh, it's the fake Diesel and Razor versus Owen and Bulldog for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Um, not much of a bell-to-bell match here. Um, nah. mm, man. They had some triple A guys kind of come out too, like two minutes into the match and just like create a scene and wave at the crowd and then just walk back, which was yeah. really dumb and made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, uh, like, so why confused. not just put them in a match on the card? Uh, I don't know. Just seems really stupid. Stone Cold comes out too and then goes after Bulldog, which is kind of crazy because of how the whole Owen thing works out. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I totally don't really remember the Bulldog part of that angle at all. Uh, but anyway, they finally get Austin to the back and then they start kind of focusing on the match. Um, and to be honest, man, I feel like Rick Bogner was underrated. I, like, I think that they, he got a bet like being a, the fake razor was pretty like you can't you, there's no way to overcome that, really. Uh, but if he had come in with his own gimmick and angle like it was a decent, I think that he could have been something. Obviously, you know, Glenn, Uncle Glenn turns into Kane, you know, so he did. He became a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, Rick Wagner, I feel like was actually a pretty decent wrestler. The, the work rate was not bad per se, but just, I mean, it wasn't good either. Cause honestly, I'm going to say this here too. Bulldog has had like five really good matches in his career. He's I know people act like he was a great professional wrestler, but he was a really big guy that did a lot of power moves, but I was going to say he's the like power not, slam guy. That's yeah, all he is. Not, yeah. But he, I mean, he's not, he's really not good. Like he's really not a very good wrestler. Um, so yeah, I mean, Austin was on fire at this point too, though. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the gimmick kind of, kind of took it down, but I felt like the Gaga really helped the match. Um, I, 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 I rated this one the, the, a little bit higher than the first one. I rated it two and three quarters. So almost three beers on this one. Um, but still it's gotta be below average because of the gimmicks and Bulldog just didn't wrestle great. So yeah, still a little bit under three beers. what do you think about this uh, tag team championship match? I went uh, right in the middle again on this one, and like you said, the work rate was not the best. Not the no. best at all, but Fake Diesel was giving me a lot of Kane vibes in this match, the way he was working, because... For sure. Yeah, yeah like, and he kind of yeah. looked... He looked more like just Kane without a mask than yeah. he did, like, Diesel to me in this match, period. Yeah, for sure. And it took him putting on a mask for people to forget. That's why Bogner can never live it down. He, he never got a mask gimmick. Yeah, I mean, well, they never even really tried to give him a gimmick without... 
Yeah. I mean, I mean he, they, he did some should. good work in Japan, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But still, yeah, I mean, but yeah. man, yeah, this was not a Matt classic. The work rate was not very good, and I agree. Bulldog was just the power slam guy. He was never. I can never remember him really just having that many. Just like, oh my god, he's out here just you know moving, working. Now he's just doing a bunch of big moves. Very evident the last uh, Bulldog match we covered when we were watching this, like against the Warlord, yeah. it was trash. Yeah. Right. But I mean, that's Warlord. I don't think you can really anybody can have great matches with Warlord. But yeah, I went right down the middle of this. Always fucking hated the fake Diesel and Razor thing like so much because every time yeah. I read like, oh, we're gonna watch a pay per view. I'm reading the card and it doesn't mention that it's fake Diesel or Razor. Like if you're reading the card like on online or somewhere, yeah. it says Diesel and you're like, okay. And I watch it. I'm like, ah, this bullshit. But yeah, yeah, I, I did like, like the stuff with Stone Cold. A little Stone Cold and shit added a little bit, which kind of like you said pushed it up there because i almost gave it 2.75 almost 2.75 yeah i mean that's that's pretty much where i'm at with it i feel like that's a fair assessment i mean it is what it is let's keep it rolling here uh vince delivers the line the nation of domination have taken over america online and i thought i felt like he was really <laughs> proud of himself you know like you know vince's brain he was like oh that's a good that's good shit pal and in his mind he's like oh that's such a good line um yeah, Ahmed Johnson gets a promo, too, with Vince that was just brutally bad. Um, Farouk interrupts and somehow makes it even more racist, which was pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> and so, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was PG, just... There, was that PG-13 rapping? Yes, of course. Of course. Of course, that's, the white that, guys dude, I, That's my favorite iteration, the old-school Nation of Domination that had, like... Oh, 100%. All the, like, had 30 like, people uh, in it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I fully agree. I think that this this version here of Nation of Domination is the best version for sure. Ahmed Johnson, I don't ever understood why he was ever anything ever. I mean, he was just big. Like, wasn't a good wrestler. Terrible on the mic. I mean, people say he had charisma, and I guess he did because people loved him. But Farouk, I never... Ron Simmons fucking hated him. Like, at legit Oh, yeah, him. of course. Why would... Yeah, I mean, he sucks. He's Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I completely get that. Ron Simmons is significantly better. Although, let's be completely honest, Farouk was never good on the mic. Never. I mean, that's why I ended up being a one line guy. Powerhouse, dude. Yes, and but a good wrestler. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. We also get a package for Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Mark Marrow with Sable in the middle of it. Uh, oh, the beginnings of Sable. Um, probably oh. the best package on the show so far for dude, sure. I have, dude, that's like my, I literally level. have that exact note. I was like, this package was fantastic. Yeah, man. And honestly, the match here is is Mark Marrow versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Uh, it's a great match. It's a really great chain open. Uh, H is like super hungry at this point too. His selling and his facial expressions were so, so good. I mean, he made Marrow look like a main event guy. Uh, and that's a very tall task. Um, I thought the match was really good. It's probably Mark Marrow's best WWF match. Um, I mean, the work rate really surprised me too. Very solid. Some really good false finishes too. Uh, the right amount of Gaga, uh, but not overbooked. Um, a well-done count-out, too, is something that you don't see very often, and I actually loved it. I thought it was really well done, um, and it's that's it, almost impossible to do a really well-done count-out. I gave this match four and a half beers. I thought it was really great. I don't think I've seen okay. a count-out finish that good, it, maybe ever, honestly. Um, and if I have, it's been a very, very long time. Top 10 ever count-out finish, in my opinion. Uh, four and a half. Loved it. Loved the way Hunter Hearst Helmsley sneakily won the the or kept the title and also lost the match really rick flair-esque very well done um hats off four and a half years what do you think about mark miller mark marrow mark mellow mark marrow versus hunter hurst helmsley marvelous mark marrow versus hunter hurst helmsley the wild man uh, from greenwich connecticut i didn't go quite as high as you but i did go three and a half beers because it was a really good match and I haven't really seen very many Mark Marrow matches, to be honest. Like, I knew him as a character and a wrestler growing up, but this is a really good match. Like, yeah. the one pay-per-view we watched previous where he had a match, like, it was okay, but, like, yeah. he was, I don't maybe maybe you're right. Maybe Triple H is the one who carried this and just made him fucking look great because it was good. And, like, like you said, the right amount of Gaga. I love the slap from Sable. Yeah. And this is, good like, stuff, the man. very beginning days of the old Sable. And yeah, very good stuff here. And I love Mark Marrow's fucking shooting star press. It looks great. Like, yeah, it is. I didn't know. Yeah. He, I literally did not know he did that move. All I thought about only Mark Marrow I know in my head is Boxing TKO Marrow. boxer TKO. Mark Marrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. TKO like so dope when he first started doing it, I was like, yo, what is that? Like, and yeah, good shit there. Mark Marrow. He's a I didn't realize how sick he was. And now he's like a preacher or something. He's a motivational speaker. Yeah. Oh, motivational speaker. Uh, wrestlers become preachers, motivational speakers. That's what they do when they get old. 
I mean, it works. They're cutting promos, baby. Cutting promos. Yeah. Captivating the crowd. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. There's a, uh, I mean, the post-match shooting star was a bit much, I felt like, actually. I mean, it looked great, but like, oh. it, it seemed like a little more time in the ring with Triple H still that you didn't really have to have. Hey, uh, I enjoyed seeing that flip. I like him. But flips. then on the way back, Helmsley just gets his ass clapped by Goldust. I mean, just straight up polywalked. Um, it was, I mean, I was really stiff too. I wonder if he was, was getting like, punished. This was cur- This was a post curtain call, right? That's true. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it was, but he's still, I mean, he's IC champion. So it is what it is. Uh, Doc Hendricks interviewing Sid, um, always popped me. I love seeing like old dude, dude, dude with his FM radio voice on, uh, Hey, Doc Hendricks. Yeah. You know, it's great. Uh, but the Sid promo was actually pretty decent. Um, and of course that leads to the executioner intro and a package for his quote unquote feud with the undertaker. Uh, it's a solid package, um, super cheese, but solid. Definitely again, the dying moments of the new generation. Next match here though, is the undertaker versus the executioner in Armageddon rules match. Uh, and it's a total shit show. Um, fully busts his ass and botches the running, which is funny. I laughed out loud because he literally just like loses his ankles out from under him and busts his ass. Yeah, that was, was a good hilarious. One. Um, yeah, the match is really, really bad. Um, security kind of comes out to get mankind with mace, um, at one point to get him out of the match. And it's just, uh, it's calamity and craziness and it's an awkward finish and it's just not good. It's bad overall. Uh, I gave it a beer. A beer is what I gave it. Where are you at with the uh, Undertaker versus Executioner? I guess we are finally going to completely agree on one today, and I gave this thing just one beer. Honestly, it was just sad seeing Terry Gordy in this position and just seeing how shitty he was at this point. Like, man, and like the whole Armageddon rules thing, it's just a last man standing match. That's all it is. And just like you said, dude, it was a fucking shit show. So much stuff going on, and I don't get why the security would want to mace mankind. He's... He's mankind. He pulls his own hair out and shit. Like, do you think Mace is going to fuck him up? Like, come on now. That doesn't make right. much sense. And, yeah, this was just a, yeah, a complete shit show. And just to think, like, if Terry Gordy, what he would have been doing if he was in WCW at this time and not in WWF. Like, he probably could have been having, I don't know if his in-ring skill, because he was, like, injured and old, kind of fucked up at this point. But at least the storyline would probably be a little bit better. Uh, so the rumor has it that like the re- this match didn't go as planned. I don't know if you noticed, but they do like the same kind of like sequence of moves like three times in a row. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is going? So I'm Gordy shouldn't have had him. Shouldn't have at this point. He shouldn't have even had a job in wrestling because he he just mentally couldn't. He he wasn't able to. It wasn't his body at all. It was his brain. Like so oh, he, he just, just he couldn't. He had like had an OD on a plane. And like resuscitated like 13 minutes later and that long without oxygen, like he was just slower. Like he just, he had actual brain injury. So it's kind of crazy that they like put him in the ring with people and like let him slam them and stuff. Like that's well, kind of that wild. Terry Gordy match we watched in uh, ECW. What year was that from? Uh, 94, I think. Okay. Cause that it was still been right like, before that. Cause that was still a solid match, but like this. Yeah. And him wearing that gear just pisses me off. The executioner gear. Yeah, Man, it was bad. So yeah. fucking horrible. This is post accident. I know that. I know this is post accident. So I feel well, like that's that, why it he damn sure there. showed because it was just like a complete shit show in the ring. The work rate was like negative one. Yeah, yeah, it was not not good at all. Not good at all. Speaking of not good at all, we also got Doc Hendricks interviewing Bret Hart in the back, the oh, truest God. of heels. Um, Those are heel then, sunglasses. Those are heel oh, fucking sunglasses, tr- dude. He's a heel in real life for sure. He's such a whiny baby. Um, yeah, so he like complains a little bit and then of course they hit Sean's music to come out on commentary and he like loses his mind and that's a shoot. Like he's like, it's my time. It's my interview. Always talking about Sean Michaels. Uh, God, that guy, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, just hate his voice. Um, but you know what, when you get into the ring and the bell rings, Bret Hart is definitely top five of all time. I don't care what anybody says. He is so smooth. His punches are great. His psychology makes sense. The suspension of disbelief is there with him. Personality-wise, literally could not hate any wrestler more than I hate Bret Hart. But I think that his actual in-ring, probably top five best ever of all time. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, also, too, like, Bret worked like a heel in this match. Like, Sid's supposed to be the heel, but the crowd's kind of, you know, we're in the dying days of of the new generation. The Attitude Era, it became very cool to cheer the heel. Like, I mean, that was where it started, was this kind of era. I mean, I would argue the NWO kind of did that, too. Um, 
And so, yeah, Brett is kind of working like a heel in this match, and the match is pretty good. Uh, Sid definitely didn't sell for Brett the same way he sold for Sean oh, in the last Oh, not at all. I noticed that 100%. Um, that's, to me, that's what it was. And the match felt a little slower than the Sean match, too, um, and that also hurt it. Um, there was definitely some glaring, sloppy spots, but it certainly wasn't bad by any means. It was definitely an above-average match, especially for Sid. Um but there's got to be some kind of personal issue there between Sid and Brett, because I know that Sid is kind of like an honorary click member. And I know around this time, like he kind of took the Razor and Diesel spot and like he was the one riding with Triple H and Sean. Like he kind of was took took a click role there. So maybe it was just he was with with Brett. Um, I don't know. I'm just assuming at this point it's been like 25 years, you know, Um but I don't know. I do like the building of the Stone Cold feud with Brett, though. I like that interference. I thought that was well booked for the finish as well. I liked it a lot. Also kind of having Sean getting involved, too, keeping that storyline going with Sean and Brett. I thought it was written very well, and the bell to bell was at least good. Maybe not if it wasn't great. So to me, it was three and a half beers, a little above average. Oh. Um, that's where I'm at with it. What do you think about this, uh, this main event? Winner, winner, chicken dinner yet again for the second match in a row. Three and a half beers for me, too. And... Dude, Shawn Michaels was being such a dick right here. This was like oh. the genesis, the beginning of Pilled Up 97. But on commentary, like he kept saying, like, in, he was like, you know what? I can't take anything away from Brett in the ring. He's probably one of the best of all time. Like, yeah, I mean, he yeah. said it I'm just, several times. Yeah, he did. But just like the pre-match that like he just kind of just. Oh, yeah. No, it's the totally, way he yeah. looked with that the little like the kind of beard going. The Oh, yeah. You could He's, see it in his yeah. eyes. You could there. Just, yeah. You could just He's tell. There. He's getting glazed a little bit. And I, I agree with you 100%. You could tell, like, that last match with uh, HBK and Sid, like, because HBK is a more bumpy guy. He'll flop all over and just, you know, yeah, he yeah, can yeah. make you look a lot better. And Bret Hart's, he just doesn't do that for people. And that's just not his style. Yeah, But style. they still worked, like, like you said, an above-average match. One of the better Sid matches, I guess. For sure. I mean, dude, Sid's This is just the not... best Sid run of his entire career. The 1996 oh, yeah. was the best year, bell-to-bell, bell, that Sid ever had, which is crazy because it's that's generally not the way it works. Generally, it's, like, your younger years or your better bell-to-bell bell years. But, yeah, this for him was way better. 96 is best belt of the year. He's just sure. a big clunky guy, so it took him a long time. To, well, really, he just really had to find people he could work with that could work, work people with that him could and work make him around him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It makes sense. And I kind of make, makes a little bit sense how he would take that click spot back then because yeah. I remember this was around the time, like 97, like this was when I first kind of started watching wrestling and I was really young. And I remember I had the, um, you know, the Bendy toys. Yeah, oh, numbers. yeah. I had a Sid and a British Bulldog. Oh, nice. I had this a was Roddy like from Piper. this era. I had a Roddy Piper and a Bret Hart. Uh, okay. So the Roddy back. Piper, that's a little bit older from him because, you know, at this point. But, he's, it, but he was in 96. I mean, he wrestled at WrestleMania 12, you know. Yeah, so. so I'm saying that was so it was just a little bit before. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, yeah, that's it, man. I actually thought that, like, the post-match stuff with Sean was great, though. Um, I thought that that helped a lot, the little brawl. Um, I think, you know, these in your houses were, they didn't have Smackdowns or anything else, you know, like it was like the in your houses were supposed to be like a month's worth of TV show in one show. Yeah. And they were shorter than regular pay-per-views and cheaper. Yeah. 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 Which, and so to me, I like that idea. Um, now that we have streaming, there's not really a a reason to have that. Um, but I I like that idea. Um, and I think that I like, okay, before we get off into the next show, now's a good time to go on my tangent. So actually, we really only have like we have like the big four from AEW as far as pay-per-views. And we get a lot of like dynamite specials like Winter is Coming and Fighter Fest and that kind of shit. Like and that's cool. But I would rather honestly have like at least six. You know what I mean? Just give me six. Every Maybe other they'll get there. Pay-per-view. Maybe they'll get there. I hope they do. I, I mean, I also don't think that I ever want to see AEW do a, a pay-per-view every month. I don't think they should ever do that. But I think six would be solid. And what I what I would say too is like keep having the big four, but those other two in between the big four, those should be like in your houses. They should be like, um, you know, just like an hour and a half long, or like, uh, but it's just like jam, like no promos, like they jam packed with like wrestling matches. Well, sorry, I got some dogs barking. That's what the TV specials are, but you know. Well, I was gonna say they are gonna start doing those battle the belt specials four times a year. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, nice. I like that. Maybe okay, hour-long cool. specials, so that kind of... But is it on TV, though? Or yeah. is it like a pay-per-view? It's on TV. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't know. For me, it doesn't seem as... It seems cheaper. Uh, maybe maybe I'm just an, an elitist at this point, but it just seems... It seems like it's for poor people, if that makes sense. Hey, I'm poor people, so... <laughs> yeah, but you could, buy a, you could buy a pay-per-view. Come on now. Yeah, I can um, buy a pay-per-view. Um, okay, yeah. So I would actually say from this show... 
Mark Merrill versus Hunter Harris Helmsley is easily the best match on the card. Um, and Sid and Brett, probably second. Yeah, Sid and Brett are the honorable mention there. Let's jump on over here to the flagship show for WCW in 1996. We are rolling hot and heavy with the NWO. WCW Starcade 1996, the first big NWO Starcade. That's right. It's the first. It's actually the first big Starcade where, at this point, WCW is bigger than WWF. So this is the first one, right? And that's uh, that's that's there's something to be said about this. We did get a recap of the Piper and Hogan angle that literally no one on earth asked for. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it here. Match number one: Ultimo Dragon versus Dean Malenko. It's a nine-title championship unification match. Um, it's a technical showcase for sure. Both guys are just so smooth, um, but also kind of stiff in the right ways, if that makes sense. Great chemistry. It's a hell of a match. Some awesome false finishes. Iconic match from both guys. Probably the best of what the cruiserweight division was. Absolutely love this match. Um, highly recommend it. Four and three quarter beers. Almost a five beer match for me. Very much loved it. Wex, what do you think about Ultimo versus Dean Malenko here? Dude, it was like you said, it was a fantastic match. A Matt Clinic, a Matt Classic. Like a nice combination of like... Yeah submissions, high-flying moves, like some very stiff shots, and the crowd was super hyped and into it the entire time. The the crowd of Nashville, Tennessee, the Municipal Auditorium, to be exact. Yeah. And for a 1996 right. cruiserweight match, which we've seen some other crowds that aren't really hyped on it, but th this crowd was really fucking into it. Dean Malenko was over as hell. We had some, you know, the cheesy-ass USA chants. But, dude, I love that Tope Suicida fake-out that Ultimo Dragon did. Don't really see that very oh, often. Yeah, that was a yeah, nice, yeah. nice, nice little fake out. I enjoyed that one. And dude, Dusty Rhodes on commentary throughout this entire show, but like he really started oh, off hot on this it. one. He nailed is fantastic. It. I and and Mike Tanay, Mike Tanay too. I love when they bring in Mike Tanay on the cruiserweight matches because yeah. he knows all the moves better than Tony Schiavone. Just says what he thinks it is, and yeah. I think it's great because sometimes it it works out a little bit. But dude, fantastic match. Four beers for me. I didn't go as quite as high as you, but it was still great. Like. Like I said before we started recording this, anything that doesn't really involve the NWO is, like, fantastic on the show. So, Oh, yeah. Pretty much everything on the show that doesn't involve – well, not everything. Not everything, uh, but most of it. Like, wrestling. In ring. Well, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Match number two here is okay. Akira Hakuto versus Medusa for the WCW Women's Championship. Firstly, Medusa over Alundra Blaze all day. I think Medusa was a much better character than Alundra Blaze for sure. Um, we start off right off with some hair pulling and it's bad wrestling. The whole match is really bad. Uh, pretty much stayed that way. Sony Ono is all over this show as well, which is a little weird. Uh, way to go, Eric. Um, man, the crowd was hot, but the match sucked. Commentary was great. Um, so the crowd was hot and commentary was great, but the match sucked. So I'll give it, um, half a beer, half a beer oh. for that. Wow. We got the exact same thing yet again, half a beer. Yay. And honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was still pretty bad. Oh, it was real bad. And it was really Medusa. She just literally was botching so much shit left and right. And I was like, what the fuck? Botched multiple DDTs. Man, sick brain buster at the end. I'll give him that. That was a sick little move for the end there. But yeah. the ending didn't make sense because, like, Sony Ono cheated, but then, like, she didn't want him to cheat and her husband was mad. I was I was kind of confused at that there. But, uh, yeah, not a great showing for the women's division here in it's WCW. Definitely not a great showing. That's the probably I mean it's definitely not as good as the legendary women's division of Revive Pro Wrestling in Centerville, Tennessee. It's definitely not as good as that. I'm gonna leave that alone. Let's keep on going here. Uh the next segment in the back is DDP in a chat room. Apparently this was just uh the era of putting your guys in chat rooms and showing it on pay-per-view because that's what people want to see. Um Mean Gene interviews Piper uh, and the promo was great. Um I wish the match was good but I digress. Let's keep going here. The next match on the card is Jushin Liger versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, it was a great match from the jump for sure. Again, like another really best showcase of the cruiserweights. Um, uh, it just, it also, okay, it does prove that like, you know, that flip-flop shit has always kind of been a big part of pro wrestling and has always kind of had people watching is at least for 25 years now, like really kind of kept crowds engaged. So the older wrestling crowd that's like, oh, you know, we don't have to do that. It's like, I mean, you don't, but I mean, Adam Page does and MJF does and the guys that are still staying and Rollins does. I mean, Roman doesn't really have to cause he's massive though. I mean, that's a little different, you know? Um, 
yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that. But to be honest, like the, 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 that's kind of how this match felt too. The finish was a little abrupt to me. It did seem like there wasn't a whole lot of psychology in the match, so it wasn't. I didn't rate it quite as high as I rated the Ultimo and Dean Malenko match. Uh, but it was very, very good. I rated it three and three quarter beers. Not as good as the open, but I did like it a whole lot. Uh, where are you at with Liger versus Mysterio here? I went a little bit higher on this one. I gave it four beers. I don't know if it's because I'm a juice and Liger mark or whatever, but this match was fucking fantastic. The power bomb over the top, like rope fake out thing, like the Hurricane Rana, that was fucking amazing. And I like like Liger has like you know a more of a grounded style in this match. Like he does some high flying stuff, and they kind of mention that on commentary. But I think it really worked well with Rey Mysterio's just complete crazy flip flop. And and Liger's yeah. a little bit a little bit thicker. He has a little bit more power there. Yeah, I get that. And he, and he definitely like put that to use that to his advantage. And dude, I love Dusty and Tanae on commentary here. They're just like cracking me up. Like he's like with the dragon screw leg whip, and Dusty Rhodes just starts dying laughing of the idea of a movie called being called a dragon screw but i thought that that was well established years ago but he's just like, oh it's a dragon screw working on the knee oh <laughs> he's yeah. just yeah dusty was killing the whole he's time and that acai moonsault on the outside fantastic i went four beers i do agree it was a little wild at times but i kind of like that a little bit i'm just i like oh, it when wow. it gets wild i'm a oh, wild wow. boy like steve uh, are you an island boy or, not an uh, island boy. Not <laughs> definitely not one of those jokers, but not one of them jokers. Uh, yeah, let's keep it rolling here. The next match on the card is Chris Benoit versus Jeff Jarrett and a no DQ match. Um, listen, I know this is kind of supposed to be the end of this Horseman Jarrett feud, but really neither one of these guys are brawlers. And so to have like a uh, a no DQ match just it felt like it missed the mark. I actually feel like if this match it would have been like a best two out of three falls or like a more of a, a wrestling style um, match, I think it would have been better because I thought the selling was actually top notch um, from both guys. Um, and I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, to be honest with you. I thought the bell to bell work was really good and was very old school style. Some slightly sloppy spots, but not no outright botches. And it was. Um, Overall, really solid. The finish was pretty goofy with all the interference, and that definitely hurt it. So because of that, it went below average. Um, and also it just being a no DQ and not having really anything no DQ about it also made it weird. Um, so, yeah, it was, I gave it two and three quarter beers, almost three. It was right like should have been an average match, but little too much gaga on the WCW side to me. Where are you at on uh, this Chris Benoit versus uh, Jeff Jarrett match? I'm pretty close pretty close to you and honestly one of the better jeff jarrett matches that we've watched since covering any yeah, of these papers sure, yeah and i don't know if it's because he's going up against chris benoit it doesn't hurt for sure i mean they were like they were wrestling a wrestling match when it's supposed yeah. to be a no dq that's why it yes. just didn't really hit right because yeah what no dq elements even came into play besides the finish which was dumb as hell yeah i like, agree i'm yeah. still confused on the finish because like both guys interfered with both guys like yeah it just it wasn't make, very yeah. coherent. And then Dusty Rhodes said some of the hilarious shit on commentary again. He was trying to say Paul Bunyan, but he said, oh, you know, you know about Paul Bundy. And I was Paul like, Bundy. Oh, Paul Bundy? What? <laughs> but uh, it that popped me real hard. Uh, Good old Dusty. Drama was just a little bit too too much madness. At the end. It should have been more just, just, just Arn run in, just Arn do a thing. Yeah. Too much yeah. shit going on. Yeah, I gave I it three fears, though. I mean, because the work rate was fucking amazing. Like you said, bell to yeah. bell. Just that ending, that finish really fucked me up. And yeah. the fact that they didn't use any weapons, no... Like, yeah, it, it, sl- it definitely should have been higher than it was, for sure. But I digress, man. Um, okay, so we get a cluster of a promo with Mean Gene and Deborah and Mongo. And it was... I don't even know what they were even talking about. Like, it was kind of about Jeff Jarrett, but then it kind of wasn't. And I, I don't know. Gene was doing his best, but yikes. Like, he was trying to keep them on the rails, but was just Here not. Here comes destined. Mongo. Yeah, was just not, yeah, not going to be there. So let's just get to the next match here. It's the Outsiders versus the Faces of Fear for the WCW Tag Team Titles. Um, it's all nostalgia. The crowd was lit for it for sure. Definitely one of the loudest of the night. Kind of weird. Um. It was kind of weird because the outsiders were like the heels, but they actually wrestled the match as a babyface team. Not only that, but Nash is the one taking the heat and Hall got the hot tag, which is weird to say the least. Um, like, why would you not put the better wrestler in to take the bumps and put like the more character guy there to take the fire? Right. I don't know. I just the match wasn't very good. Uh, not even half as good as the Harlem Heat match that we had just covered. That one was great, uh, but this was not good at all. Even nostalgia couldn't save it. Uh, I gave it a beer and a quarter. 
Um, that's, that's where I was at. And I feel like I was being a little generous with the quarter, but anytime I can see the outsiders and they're both sober, I'm into it. It was good, uh, for that. So one solid beer and then about a half a beer for the, or a quarter of the beer for the actual wrestling. So a beer and a quarter for me, where are you out on the outsiders versus the faces of fear? I think you were a little bit generous with that quarter of a beer. Okay. Cause I only gave it one beer. And honestly, this is what happens in these matches. Like we covered one, I think with the nasty boys, a few pay-per-views ago, like the crowd's absolutely fucking hot. They're loving what's going on. But like, in ring it's just like some cheesy 80s bullshit and it's just not it's not like all this fucking great pro wrestling we just watched throughout this whole show and then you get this it's just like fuck come on guys like you guys could do better but you're getting paid too much money and you don't care to do better you're just gonna collect that paycheck make that nwo money and i mean honestly the faces of fear at this point in their career they're not like they're not doing anything amazing either so this is just definitely not this is the big nwo pop Uh, i Part of my beer was seeing six Pac out there because I always love him. Oh, yeah. That's always it's always nice to see. Um, and then we got a DiBiase and NWO promo in the back. And Elizabeth looks absolutely miserable in this promo. Um, I really like hated like really hated her life. It looked like on camera. Um, Hogan promo was actually pretty good. I mean, people can say what they want about Hogan, but there's a reason why he is who he is. Both the promos from Piper and Hogan were fantastic. The promos were great. Um, and I think that that's why we at least got to this point where people did kind of care. Um, as, l- well, as long as they both do a little bit of cocaine and cut a promo, we'll be all right. There's something, we'll be there. there's something there for sure. Let's keep it rolling, though. It's DDP versus Eddie Guerrero for the WCW United States Championship. The match ruled, man. Um, Eddie is Paige's best opponent in 96 by far. Um, I love that they kind of called out Brain getting himself a drink during the match on commentary. That, to me, was hilarious. Um, Paige did his part, too, man. I mean, overall, a very solid match. Definitely not as good as the Cruiserweight matches, but still a very good one from two certified Hall of Famers. Um, I like the interference uh, finish, too. Um, and Eddie not even kind of knowing. I thought it was really good booking the way they played it, the way they sold it. Um, good match, man. Above average for sure. Three and a half years for me. What do you think about DDP versus Eddie Guerrero here? This match actually was my favorite match of the night. My really? highest rated match of the night. And I gave this thing wow. five beers. What? Because I think it had wow. a little bit of everything for me. Okay. And right. it ha- had some of the high flying and stuff, but it made sense here. It wasn't as kind of just craziness like we had in some of the earlier matches. And Eddie Guerrero was just fucking, he looked so good and on point in this match. Him and yeah. DDP's chemistry was just fucking fantastic. So many good counters and reversals and shit that I just never really seen, like a, a move that I haven't really ever seen, period. DDP did a regular pile driver, but then went to his knees like a tombstone, but it wasn't reversed the other way. And I was like, whoa, I really don't think I've seen that very much. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it before either. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that's fucking sick. Just like, and some cool moves, just, and the whole story that, that uh, Fuck, sorry. The whole story there at the end with the interference, like you said, Eddie not knowing, but still hitting the froggy splash. And I love Dusty Rhodes on commentary. He was trying to put over the diamond cutter. He goes, oh, he's going to be a a squished frog if uh, DDP hits them with the diamond cutter. Oh, yeah, it's so good, man. It's so good. I thought it was great. It had had a little bit of everything. It had, like, your high flying, your mat stuff, like the drama, the interference. I thought it was fucking fantastic. And it's not not because I'm an Eddie Guerrero mark, but I, I really enjoyed this match. This is my favorite one on the card. I enjoyed the match. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think both the Cruiserweight matches were better, in my opinion. But this, the, I, I did enjoy the match. It was a good and match for sure. I'm a Liger sure. Mark, and I still rated this higher than Jushin That's Thunder crazy. Liger. That's wild to me. I, I loved it. It had everything I needed for a pro wrestling match. Story, everything. It just all combined. Worked great. It is what it is, man. We're going to agree to disagree on this one. Let's keep it rolling. The next match on the card here is the Giant versus Lex Luger. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, it's big dudes that can't wrestle trying to wrestle. Uh, I mean, Giant was very, very athletic, uh, but it almost made no sense. Like, why do those moves when you don't have to? Um, Luger has never really lived up to what he could have been, and this is no different, really. Um, It kind of stays boring until Six hits the ring, and then Stings comes out of the crowd. The booking was smart there. The crowd was super over for that. The match itself was short, and I do think that now that I... Okay, so if if the match had just been the match and not had this booking at the end, I would have shit all over it. But now, to me, it's like I understand why they put this here to further the storyline, uh, the interference part of it. The match part of it to- totally sucked, but the interference and the booking part of it to advance the, the Sting storyline was really good, um, especially in incorporating it with Lex and then going over to the Giant and just saying things to both of them and leaving. I don't know. It was. I thought it was really smart, really well done. I gave it two beers just for the writing um, because the match would have been a dud, straight-up dud. 
Um, but I felt like the the booking was very good. So two beers for me on this this whole thing. Mostly for the booking, not really the match. Oh God. So if we're talking about just the wrestling match, it's just horribly, horribly overbooked bullshit. But they could have just not had a match here and just did an angle and just still made this work. They could have made yeah. it an angle and not a match, and it would have been great. But like the match itself, dude. Lex Luger has never been a good wrestler. He's always just been a big, muscly guy. Like, I don't think we have covered a single match of his where I'm just like, all right, okay, this is a good Lex Luger match. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll give th- this is a halfway decent match. He just can't do it. Yeah, that's why. That's why the Lex Express was a failure. I mean, he's just it he's was not the it guy. Was definitely a failure. I mean, sure. you have to be like Hulk Hogan. He's big and muscly, but he has like just a little bit of wrestling ability. Like Lex. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It. Lex just yeah, well, does not I mean, have the ability. I would say had. I would say had a little bit of wrestling ability. Oh no, Hogan had it. Like he, like he, he did some shit in the seventies back in New Japan. Like 70s, I saw him wrestle, 80, wrestle. All through the eighties too. Once we get into the nineties, lost a lot of his ability and became much more just just the character. Uh, but uh, yeah, and did uh, not we're like gonna... it. I'll give it a beer just because, like Sting. You have to. I'll give a just kind of like you said. I'll give a beer for like the angle, but if it's just as a match, it's zero. That's fair. I'm, I'm right there with you. That's one thing we can agree on. That's fair. That's fair. Angle was good. Match sucked. Let's keep it rolling. We get um, oh, big brother Michael Buffer out with his let's get ready to rumble shtick instead of a, the, uh, what is it? Who's the other guy? Bruce Buffer that does the um, it's time in um, UFC. It's time. Yeah. 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 The Buffer that's, that's Boys. The Buffer Boys. Uh, yeah. They're both great ring announcers for sure. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they uh, is what it is. Isn't AEW using him sometimes now too? Michael Buffer? I, I feel like they did, right? One match or something like that. I want to say it was a Cody Rhodes thing. Makes, <laughs> makes Probably. But, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, let's get this over with. So it's Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, the match is legendary for how awful it was. Um, it really doesn't get worse belt to belt than this. Um, and to be completely <laughs> honest, I'd seen it before, so I fast-forwarded through most of it. Uh, I just want to call a spade a spade here and, and be done with it. I don't think that it deserves any shine, so I'm going to call it a dud and just leave it at that. How do you feel about this Hollywood Hogan versus Rowdy Piper thing? I will give it one beer for the crowd. Nope, the crowd was hot. Not. Crowd was going fucking nuts. But dude, it's the classic pure '80s cheese, Gaga bullshit. Like, there was probably a total. I think I counted because I watched this match last night. I was after the Titans game, pretty pretty drunk, but not like wasted. Had a few in me, but I counted the total of like four bumps, maybe the entire match. Wow. Maybe like there, there's that one big suplex that Roddy hit and like maybe a few like fall downs from like some punches, but that's it. Hogan literally avoids Hogan does the most minimal amount of work I've ever seen in a wrestling match. The back rakes, the back rakes oh were God. insane and to me. The thing is, it's Record funny number of back rakes in this match. Exactly. And I love how like an AW, the young bucks will do the back rakes as just like a heel move because it's so cheesy and bad. And the Hogan was like, thought it was like good and bad like yeah this is bad guy stuff but it's funny that they use the cheesy bullshit and bring it into these days and make it work which you gotta know how to make shit work in wrestling but yeah this is fucking horrible awful the promos might have been better than the match they should have he should have just went in there locked in the sleeper from the get-go and we wouldn't have to sit through all that bullshit i agree i agree i feel like that's how it should have ended just having hogan talking shit pointing his thing in his face and him just grabbing him by the wrist pulling him in locking in the sleeper and that's it goldberg style I feel like that would have been it would have been gotten over. It would have sufficed the wrestling fans. Whatever. We didn't have to watch Hulk Hogan put him in like an octopus hold and like hump him and like touch his yeah. hip. That was so disgusting. Uh, I was just like, Ugh, so it's weird to me. Weird. To me, there's like, okay, so if we're on average, right? Like, in your house is a, is a shorter show. And I feel like it had some really good stuff on it. Oh yeah, Starcade's a longer show and it had more good stuff on it, but it also had more bad stuff on it. So I'm kind of in a in a tussle here. I don't really know which way I'm gonna go. If I have, I feel like it's very close. It's very close. It's probably like three beers to like three and a eighth beers or three and a quarter beers at most. And I think I am going to lean Starcade just a little bit because I think the wrestling matches were probably better. Um, but again, I think that it's time was probably one of the better in your house pay-per-views for sure. Um, and I, I really liked it a lot. It's hard. I mean, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna do the bitch thing and I'm gonna say this is a uh, this is a it's a draw they, they they do a Broadway here it's a draw um yeah I'm not gonna lean with either one I'm gonna say it's a draw not for me I'm gonna 100% go Star K because you got Eddie Guerrero DDP Dean Malenko Juice and Thunder Liger Rey Mysterio versus like a couple good men I I just I have to go Star K Star K just 
I feel like the writing was good though. It was getting better. We got Stone Cold becoming Stone Cold. Yeah, but he the, wasn't the Stone Cold angle. yet. We still he had Leaf Cast. We still he's had. Got, he's got the he's got the vest on out there. Yeah, I mean that's true, but the match wasn't <sighs> well, bad. I mean, I, I go, I like it, but come on, you can't. Starcade's the winner. Starcade's the clear winner here. I don't know the pay per view, like the main event's just so bad, and also too, like WCW, like did not give a damn about how their pay per views ended. Like they just, they just, like they they finished their angle and they just let it end awkwardly. Like yeah, no just go actual, off air. They would just yeah. randomly go off air with whatever the fuck was. There's happening. always a definitive ending to every WWF or WWE pay per view. Always. There's not just this random you know, let these guys hang out in the ring until it's over. Unless like, you know, I don't know. Stone Cold just won the title or whatever. And we're going to drink the beer some back beers. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. different. That is different. I yeah, agree. We'll, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on this one, which that we normally usually agree, which the pay-per-view is better, but I, I'm going to have to go Starcade with this one. Well, I mean, if I call it a draw and you go Starcade, then we would, I mean, the natural inclination would be to say Starcade because I went with a draw. So Okay, all right then. Well, it it is what it is. Um but you know what, dude? Like we have one more episode in season 3. I am so hyped. It is going to be our end of the year recap, our favorite moments, our superlatives. We're going to do that part and then we're going to be streaming on Twitch and going through the breakdown of at least the first 90 days, so the first 3 months of uh the year. Um, and doing our schedule, uh, uh, you know, like we're going to go through um, the years and the, the st- like, obviously we're going to be covering 97 in WWF. We're going to be covering 2007 in WWE because we've been kind of doing those storylines, as it were, from 06 and 96, carrying on. The same thing will be WCW in 97. And we want to get that in there. Um, and I would also like to keep doing the kind of the storylines from TNA. We were there in 06. We're going to jump into 07 there. Um, so I do have a couple of episodes to announce for season four um, after the, the new year. Um, episode one of season four is going to be TNA's final resolution from 2007. And that's going to be going up against WWE's day one from uh, it's the New Year's Day pay-per-view, right? Which there could be a big problem with that because there is a large COVID outbreak right now within the WWE and they don't know what the fuck they're going to do. So that should be very interesting. Hey, maybe Ricochet will get some pay-per-view time. Yeah, exactly. It. Maybe we'll get it'll it. be like that uh, time the plane got stuck in Saudi Arabia and we got some different people. And we got like the coolest SmackDown like and that we had had for years. <laughs> or when everybody got uh, everyone got sick. Like I forgot what they got. Uh, they all went to the hospital. Like Roman Reigns got it. Uh, Bray Wyatt got it. Oh like, yeah, meningi- yeah, it was viral meningitis. Most people yeah. got viral meningitis, and we got Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah, it's good stuff. I mean. I don't want anybody to have COVID. I want everybody or to be viral meningitis or viral meningitis or anything else. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited about the potential of day one. I'm, I'm really going to try to go into season four with a clean slate. I'm really going to try to like put, I'm just going to try to go. I'm not going to have any bias towards WWE. I'm going to try to just watch it and see if it's good. Hopefully it is. Um, episode two of season four is going to be impacts hard to kill 2022. And that's going to be continuing this WCW storyline that we've been talking about. So the next pay-per-view in 97, the first one was WCW NWO sold out 1997. So I'm excited about that one. I I will go ahead and preface this. I am almost positive that me and the KG cast covered this, the show like years and years ago, but it's fine. It's fine. I definitely want to keep it going. You weren't covering it. You weren't putting up against a current pay-per-view though. That's true. That's true. I, we, I don't think we we're I think we did it on a nostalgia versus nostalgia. And as I remember, this is one of the worst pay-per-views in WCW history. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Be prepared. I'm pretty sure it's just pure cheese. Uh, but we got to keep these 97 storylines going. man. We got to keep them going. Um, so on Twitch, join us. Finish out January um, going into February and all the way through March getting into WrestleMania season. So like uh, we'll definitely need you guys help in the chat. Uh, be sure to go follow us on Twitch. It's just kayfabe comparisons like everywhere else. Just type it in your search bar. You will find us. I am excited about that. So next week, I think I'm just going to come over there. or uh, Wex is going to come over here. I'm not really sure how we're going to work that out yet, but um, we're going to make it happen. I know I'm pretty sure that Jesse's going to be on the show with us, too. I think uh, we're yep, also yeah, going to be doing did, some. He, he did talk to me and he said, uh, and I might be trying to get together with him for a day one watch along. He might have something set up at one of the places that he works. We can watch it on the big TV. Very cool. You guys should use the Twitch stream as well there. That would be awesome. Uh, Jesse's actually going to be able to get um, every few episodes in season uh, four. He's uh, every maybe four to six weeks or so. It'll just be a Jesse Baker exclusive episode. It'll be his Baker's Dozen. It's essentially where he and a guest of his choosing kind of dissects 
a specific topic, um, you know, like best high flyers or, or whatever, um, or, you know, just state of the business or whatever he decides to do. But I'm excited about that. I think it's going to add a new flair I don't know if to he the told show. You about, uh, he's also possibly helped us get some new uh, indie spotlight shit set up. Yeah, that would be dope. That would be dope as well. I'm very excited about the brand of Kayfabe Comparisons, being able to split off and do some different style things. Um, it's going to be really fun. So, yeah, man, that's uh, that's that's looking at the next couple weeks. We're getting into season four. Hope you guys are having a Merry Christmas. Uh, this is dropping to you on uh, Christmas Eve or Happy Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Happy Holiday Season, whatever it is you choose. Last to, night uh, was a Festivus, great Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, glad you guys had that. All of you uh, lost and forgotten souls. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's keep it going here, man. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak everywhere on the social webs. Uh, you can find the show at kfabe.com everywhere except for TikTok. It's at kfabe.com pod. We have been neglecting the TikTok because we've been working on the YouTube. We've been neglecting the YouTube because it's been the holiday season. We have lives, guys. So yep. um, we're going to try to get some more content out up there, too, especially to promote for season four. Also, be sure to go find us on Twitch and subscribe to that channel. Um, we might actually just start doing some more streams like as we um, do the episodes and maybe you guys can hear some other topics maybe we'll get together and just talk about things that we like football video games uh, you know whatever but yeah be sure to follow us there on Twitch um, yeah that's uh, that's gonna do it for me Wex where can people find you you can always find your boy once again Wex breaking the loss and at Wex breaking the loss and on all your social medias except for Facebook I got a little alias on there it's Wex Lee if you if you know you know you find me you find me if not Check out the K-Fabe Comparisons page. Man, he's so cool. He's such a cool guy. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy we'll see holidays. You guys next week. We're Bye. out. Peace.